Today, we are recapping the rest of the AFC West offseason so far, and it's fair to say that the Chiefs may have gotten a little bit worse, but it's also hard to say that the Chargers closed the gap. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and listen to wherever you get your podcast from, especially so you don't miss tomorrow's show because we are trying to get on Matt Money Smith should be on the show tomorrow. He is always electric. Very excited about that. But today, we are recapping the offseason so far for the rest of the AFC West. And I think with the Chiefs placing a big bet, you know, on Jawan Taylor, that's going to be a huge part of it. But who do they have in the receiving core? Can they just, you know, seamlessly replace both of their starting tackles they just went and won a Super Bowl with? Well, when you have Tyreek Hill and you lose him and you're, you know, then go win the Super Bowl, it's hard to doubt them. But the Broncos definitely gained some ground in the AFC West with the Sean Payton hiring. They're definitely going for something a little bit different. And it's very interesting to see what the Raiders are doing out in Las Vegas, a.k.a. New England West, right? They're trying to recreate the Patriots in Vegas. We will see how that goes. But it starts, as always, with the juggernaut of the AFC West, you know, who have been not only destroying the rest of the AFC West, but also five straight AFC championship games, two Super Bowls in the last five seasons, have the best quarterback on earth in Patrick Mahomes. Davey, when you look at the offseason, I mean, they've had some offseasons where they lose a lot of big guys. And I think if you're looking at who they lost this offseason compared to who they brought in, I think it's fair to wonder if they got could have gotten a little bit worse. It's just hard because it's it's not like you can say, hey, the Chargers gained a lot of ground with their, you know, one free agent signing in Eric Kendricks. Yeah, I mean, you look at the list of departures here for the Kansas City Chiefs, and and there's some definitely some notable names on here, some notable positions. I mean, you lose both of your starting tackles. You lose a couple of the wide receivers in your room. You lose a couple of pass rushers on the defensive side of the, of the ball. But the whole problem here is, is did the Chargers do enough to bridge the gap? with the one signing that they made in yeah. free agency, which was linebacker Eric Kendricks. I think it's pretty hard to to say that, unfortunately. Yeah, and let's talk about what the actual moves were. If you're looking about, you know, what the big moves were for them, it's pretty obvious. They went and signed Jawan Taylor. They've said that they're going to switch him from the right side to the left side. They ended up shipping out Orlando Brown Jr. So that's something where it's like, okay, they obviously feel like he's going to be a better left tackle. Orlando Brown Jr. was a fine left tackle better as a right tackle and also yeah. for them they're feeling like they upgraded that position so I mean that's a gain I would say in that aspect but then you look at who else they brought in Charles Amenahu two years 16 million dollars four and a half sacks over the last two seasons had four and a half last year on a pretty devastating defensive line with the 49ers good metrics he's basically the Frank Clark you would see it as as far as you know who they were trying to replace yeah bring in safety Mike Edwards Drew Tranquil, one year, three to five million dollars. That definitely makes them better. How much will you see the field? Hard to say, right? But like just that alone, right? They brought in a linebacker. The Chargers brought in a linebacker. You know, that's yeah. kind of a wash right there. But then you look at the losses. Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley, both their tackles. Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hardman. They did bring in Josh, John Ross. So, may, I mean, 
of course, if anyone can reignite the career of John Ross, it's probably Andy Reid. So that sucks. But they yeah. lose McCole Hardman, and they lose Juan Thornhill, who I thought was actually pretty good in Kalen Yeah, he was Saunders. a good player. Yeah. I'd say, you know, if you're just looking at addition and subtraction, I'd say they've lost more pieces. I think it's interesting, though, because with the Chiefs, you always have to wonder, you know, do any of these losses that they have, right? Even McCole Hardman, speed guy, Juju, was definitely an important piece of their offense down the stretch in the Super Bowl, you know, do any of them really move the needle? You know, do any of these make you feel that, that you know, not that the Chargers just have a chance in the AFC West, but that they're significantly worse from where they started? The Chiefs remind me of a book and a kind of a TV show I used to watch when I was a kid talking about Animorphs, okay? Animorphs. The Chiefs are Animorphs. Oh, they can no. just completely adjust and conform to whatever their team needs to do, whatever their team needs to be in order to be successful. And I don't see any of their marquee names that are leaving in free agency. You know, they still got the one of the best the best quarterback on earth in Patrick Mahomes. They still got that disgusting weapon of a tight end in Travis Kelsey. Uh, I mean, they just still have so much firepower, and it just doesn't seem like any of the moves, any of the guys that left in free agency are going to cause a big enough ripple effect to change the dominance that we've seen from them. And it's part of jealousy, right? Because it's like sure. you wish that you had the faith in the Chargers as an organization to just lose guys who played significant roles for them, right? Yeah. But just say they're going to figure it out, right? And right. Like the Chargers don't have that. Hey, Eric Bieniemy is leaving. Maybe that's something we're underrating, right? Maybe he was yeah. a bigger part of that offensive game planning and all of those things. But it's still the trio of not just Patrick Mahomes, not just Andy Reid, but also a Hall of Fame tight end, one of the best we've ever seen. Maybe the best receiving tight end. I'd still go Gronk. But, you know, or Antonio Gates, obviously. Yeah. He's go, everyone else will blow that. But, like, yeah. you just feel like they're going to figure it out. With that trio, as long as Andy Reid's still there, as long as Patrick Mahomes still there, as long as Travis Kelsey is still there, like, it just doesn't feel like, you know, unless you get significantly better, you're going to close the gap on them when they have those three dudes going. So that's what makes it tough. I think, you know, it's fair to, you know, fair to question who they have at receiver, right? But, like, they lost Tyreek Hill and went and won a Super Bowl the next year, right? Now, this is what we were talking about last year when we did the show. Like, yeah. hey, they lost Tyreek Hill. The Chargers did all this stuff. Yeah. But for the Chargers at this point, they just have to hope that they're going to, you know, be healthier. Like, they have to hope they just get a better version of what at this point is pretty much the same roster going into the draft, right? Because the thing is, is the Chiefs also have a ton of draft capital, David, and they've gotten yeah. a ton of contributors over the last two draft classes. Yeah, they've been they've been excellent at it, which is another reason to be really, really annoyed because <laughs> not only did they do well with their early round picks, they did a phenomenal job with their mid and late round picks. Up I mean, and they, down. Yeah. their starting running back last year was Isaiah Pacheco, who was a seventh round pick. Yeah. I mean, that's just the perfect example of what they're able to do. I mean, they are a very, very strong organization with the way they do this. They have a well-oiled machine. And yes, for the Chargers to want to be able to bridge the gap, they are definitely just praying that they can get some better health this season. They need a full season out of Joey Bosa. They need a full season out of Keenan Allen. They have to have these big stars, the guys that they're paying a lot of money to come through and be the guys they are paying them to be 
in order to have a prayer to compete for the AFC West crown. Yeah, and ten draft picks this year. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not 10. like they're ham they're not hamstrung for draft picks. They'll be able to keep complimenting who they have, right? They're picking late in every round, so that's good. That <laughs> you know, is they good. Do have yeah. that. But they're also just drafting from a position of strength. Like they yeah. feel like they, you know, especially when you can hit on guys consistently later on, you feel like you can really take best player available. And they've just been crushing it. I mean, the amount of contributors that they have from the last two seasons, I think the Chargers have basically like three or four probably four solid contributors from their last two draft classes that contributed for them last year, including yeah. Rashawn Slater, who was obviously hurt, but like they have like 13 dudes that played 300 snaps over the last two draft classes for them last season. They just, they're, they're on a different level and they're the clear cream of the crop in the AFC West. Could the chargers trip them up and beat them in a game? Sure. I mean, they've been really close. The chargers Definitely. were really, really close last season. You can make the argument. They should have won both of those games, but until yeah. you do it, it should have, could have, would have, right? Yeah. And the Chargers... Horseshoes and the hand grenades, Daniel. Sure, and, and the Chargers also didn't move the needle themselves, right? So we can talk yeah. about the Chiefs getting a little bit worse potentially, but, like, the Chargers didn't do anything in free agency that really moves the needle because they were hamstrung for cap space. But you saw one addition in Eric Hendricks. We haven't seen a John Johnson, right, or maybe some other guys that you can talk yourself into some improvements on the defensive side. The Chargers are really, really relying on the draft to get guys, you know, that could potentially get them closer to the Chiefs. I do think that the Broncos did get themselves a little closer to the Chiefs. How much closer? Well, they have to catch the Chargers first. Did they catch up to the Chargers? Sean Payton is a very, very good start. He's going to change a lot, and they did spend some big money. So we're going to talk about the Broncos offseason so far coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that is FanDuel. Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets even when you don't win. Right now, guys, there's so much to bet on in baseball. If you want to go football, you still can. We just talked the other day about all the odds chargers in the AFC West. I wouldn't pick them to go first. I'd feel pretty good about their odds and the Chargers getting second in the AFC West. But you can also go with the Padres, who I think are going to bounce back tonight against the Mets. It's probably never bad to bet on the Dodgers, right? Because they just always have, you know, they're just the Dodgers. But so many things to bet on and a lot of fun prop bets and things like that you can get inside the game with and as well as the same game parlay, which always sets FanDuel apart from a lot of other places. But don't miss out on your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. We talked about the Chiefs, and it's still the Chiefs and everybody else in the AFC West. But Unfortunately. The Chargers did get, you know, were pretty clearly the second best team last season, even though they tripped up against the Raiders and the Broncos. God, that's one thing that hurts for the Broncos is you traded those picks away for Russell Wilson, but then you had a really, really bad season. So that ended up being really, really good picks that they ended up giving away for Russell Wilson. But... They got the prettiest girl in the room from a coaching standpoint. They were the team that was able to go land Sean Payton. And yep. we talked before when we thought there was a chance the Chargers could be getting Sean Payton because of how many times Sean Payton said he wanted to go to the Chargers. Never really heard anything about him wanting to go to the Broncos, but that's who we ended up with, for better or for worse. And they did a lot, David, in free agency. They spent some big dollars, but it's just hard for me to look at their offseason so far and not just think of adding Sean Payton as easily the biggest thing that they've done. Absolutely. I mean, hey, the 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 Penner family, the basically the Walmart 
conglomerate. Sure. You know, Walmart royalty is is the the, the guys who bought the Denver Broncos and the new ownership so, group. Yeah. Yeah. The new ownership group. Right. So they busted out the checkbook and said, Hey, I fired my old coach. I need to get the biggest name that was available. And I'm going to miss Nathaniel and, Hackett. And, that's and they sure. got Sean Payton. And, and so you can't, you know, sit here and, and yeah, they spent a lot of money. I mean, a, a, a good amount of money bringing in some players, but it just, for me, it feels like the biggest addition that they made was the head coach because of what they went through with Nathaniel Hackett and that experiment with Russell Wilson and how that did not go right. And they have to get this right when you have a quarterback that you're paying a quarter of a billion dollars. And the Chargers do have a hope that, hey, maybe Joe Lombardi blows it up from the inside out, right? (laughs) I mean, Sean Payton is a great coach. You know, I I think there are some detractors, sure, that would say he should have done more with you know, prime Drew Brees when he did. But to me, what was always most impressive was just the way he evolved. You know, I mean, David, you would be an Animorph guy. But at the same time, just like how they evolved with Drew Brees as he yeah. got older, right? Being able to be successful and change with the times and kind of, you know, got out of there at, you know, when he couldn't really do anything else. And right. they were with, about with to his deteriorating of- arm strength, they were still able to formulate a game plan to be able to go out there and still be extremely productive on the offensive side. Yeah. And play in Sean Payton's offense is, was really good. You know, had one of the best offenses in the league for a reason. It's a lot of option for routes, a, it's a lot of things yeah. like that, where it's like, it can work. And when it's at its highest against pretty much any defense, for sure, yeah. if you have the right guys pulling the trigger, you know, they still have Russell Wilson. So that's going to be their own thing they have to get around. But I think it's yeah. very interesting who they signed and from where they signed those guys, Dave. And we talked about this a little bit before the yeah. show. Look at who they brought in. Mike McGlinchey, huge deal. Five years, $87.5 million. Probably, I mean, I think you could say they overpaid for some guys. $52 million this. guaranteed on that deal. Yeah, and then he's from San Francisco, obviously a very run-heavy team. Then you look yeah. at who they signed at guard, Ben Powers, four years, $51.5 million. Big money. Another power-running team with yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. So with Javante Williams coming back in the fold, David, it's definitely starting to become a clearer picture about where the Broncos are trying to go with this, which is, hey, take less off of Russell Wilson's plate. Let Russell Wilson cook less. Let's build a power running game around him to kind of compliment him and be a very physical team that's tough to beat up front. Well, yeah, take more off of his plate for sure. Take take yeah. a lot more. That way they don't have to throw the ball as much. And they know what they have with Javante Williams. Javante Williams is a phenomenal talent, a very, very good running back. And they are investing in that very heavily. They put a lot of money. I mean, that's 130 plus million dollars between right. two players. They are really trying to turn this into a power running scheme, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you want to limit, you know, the amount of times Russell Wilson's going to throw so that when he does and you run the ball really effectively, that play action is going to be so much more effective and that's going to be good for him because I think last year we saw some definite signs of Russell Wilson not necessarily being the same player that we expected or that we've seen from him throughout his career. So kind of changing the game plan to be more run power run heavy uh, seems like a a very good pointed approach for the Broncos organization. I mean, it should scare the Chargers with how bad their run defense has been under Brandon Staley for sure. I mean, they're a team very bad. I think, you know, you said 130 million. It's probably closer to 150, you know, add in some AJP, Ryan, you added, you know, and tight ends and fullbacks and all the other things that they've kind of put in this to kind of change the image of this offense. 
And it should kind of be a little bit scary. Did they close the gap? I mean, a lot of things still have to go right. I mean, Russell Wilson still has to be a lot better. Yeah. But it seems like their defense is always good. So that's the frustrating part is like it feels like they'll still have a pretty good defense. They added Zach Allen to three-year $47.75 million contract. That was seen as an overpay by a lot of people as well. Yeah. But hey, a lot of people thought the Jaguars overpaid a ton last season, and those additions ended yeah, up working out Yeah, especially Christian Kirk, and he turned out to be a very, very good contract for them. Yeah, so. absolutely. As far as their losses go, I mean, a lot of their losses they replaced with just different kinds of players, especially yeah. on the offensive line. Draymond Jones, though, definitely a big loss. You wonder mm-hmm. where that, you know, after trading Shelby Harris for Russell Wilson originally, and now you lose Draymond Jones in the interior. It'll be interesting to see where that pass rush comes from on the inside. You know, yeah. Zach Allen has some versatility there, but different kind of players for sure. Draymond Jones is a very good interior pass rusher. And the thing about the Broncos is, David, is they kind of had to go big, right, in free agency. Because yeah. when you're looking at what they have coming into the draft because of that Russell Wilson trade, like they are very hamstrung going into the draft for sure. Very hamstrung to the point to where they don't have a first round pick and they don't have a second round pick. They don't pick until the third round where they do have two third round picks. But they only have five total picks in this entire draft, Daniel. They have a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth to go along with those two third-round picks. So they have to hope that the money that they threw out there in free agency was going to be something that's going to push them over the edge or get them closer to where they want to be because, I mean, not really very many top 100 picks is going to make this really hard to try to find day one contributors in the draft. And that's why, you know, it was so bad for them. You know, they gave Seattle a top 10 pick because of just how bad they were last season. Really good second round pick. They gave up. If Russell Wilson's great, you don't worry about that because quarterbacks are the most valuable position. But when it looks like it did last year, it's like, oh, no, those picks definitely got away from us. Starting to look bad here. Yeah. And they don't turns it around. Right. Yeah. They don't pick until pick 67. So, yeah. like, that's the first time they're going to be drafting in this They're waiting draft. a long time. They are. At the end of the day, I think the Broncos got better. I think they got a lot different. It's going to be very interesting to see in year one kind of the changes that Sean Payton can make. Yeah. Can they keep what's always been a productive defense together, you know, now that it went from Vic Fangio, then you had Nathaniel Hackett running things last year. Yeah. Obviously on offense. Right. But – Elijah Vera was actually a very, very good defensive coordinator, and he didn't stick around. So it'll be interesting to see how the new defense coordinator comes in. I know he wanted Vic Fangio to come back to Denver was going to be a thing or was a package deal with Sean Payton at one point. That yeah. didn't work out because he ended up in Miami. But it's going to be interesting. I mean, you can't poo-poo the Sean Payton after, you know, we said he would be a good guy to link up with Justin Herbert. Can he yeah. salvage Russell Wilson? You know, can he – find a way to build an offense around that i think it's a tall order i think a lot of questions still have to be answered but i they look a lot scarier to me than they did last season i would say that for sure yes so let's get into the raiders who don't seem scarier to me really than they did last season the raiders aka the patriots west have had a lot of moves it's hard to know how many of those really move the needle in any direction and if the raiders are really ready to be anything other but Anything other but cellar dwellers, I think, in the AFC West right now. God, I'm going to look really down on the Chargers lose both games to the Raiders this year. But we'll talk about their offseason so far, losing guys like Derek Carr and Darren Waller after this. But I do need to tell you guys that today's episode is also brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You guys have heard me talk about this mobile gaming app. And if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try because it's not as easy 
as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of building your team and playing through seasons while you're trying to lead your team to glory and try to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, and navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. Right now, we will give you a free boost because since you listen to this show, Locked On Chargers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On, all caps, in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. It's super addicting game, guys. Really a lot of fun to play, especially when you're missing football. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Now it's time to talk about the Josh McDaniels-led Raiders. So it's a very interesting offseason so far, David, mostly just because they don't have Jimmy G. Or they don't have Derek Carr. They have Jimmy yeah. G now. Yeah. So, like, I think when you're looking at the additions and subtractions, and there's a lot of just moves, right? Yeah. Hard to say how much those guys are going to move the needle. To me, the biggest part of this here is just, is Jimmy G actually better than Derek Carr, right? Was Derek Carr what was holding the Raiders back? Obviously, we've seen him lose some games against Chargers. We also saw him lead a lot of game-winning drives and things like that, frustratingly enough, against the Chargers as well. That yeah. is the biggest kind of question here, I think, as far as how you grade what they've done so far in free agency. Absolutely. I mean, hey, quarterback, like we said earlier in the show, I mean, that's the most important position on the football field. And they had Derek Carr for a very long time, over a decade. So when you make a change like this and you go to a new, uh, you know, signal caller there on offense, you're really, you know, and not only that, but investing a significant amount of money. We're talking $25 million dollars per season for Jimmy G yeah. who was with Kyle Shanahan pretty much the entirety of his career. And well, yeah, we, I mean, he started off with the Patriots and Josh, right? McDaniels. That's the most, yeah. you know, most of his career. Right. But how do we distinguish how good Jimmy G is versus the Kyle Shanahan effect? Yeah. Especially when you look at Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, literally the last pick of the draft last season, being in the NFC Championship game very close to the Super Bowl. It yeah. just it's really hard to distinguish is Jimmy G good or is Kyle Shanahan just that dude as a coach. And Jimmy G made it to multiple NFC Championship games was a throw away from winning a Super Bowl. So there's a lot you can do with Jimmy G if the right pieces are around him. Do they have that in Las Vegas? Do they have that same kind of structure as Kyle Shanahan and you know can protect quarterbacks the way Kyle Shanahan does? I don't think so. Can Josh yeah. McDaniels do it? I mean, he wasn't able to do it with Derek Carr last year. You know, nope. wasn't really able to kind of turn him into that guy that can And I would say know. Derek Carr is more mobile than Jimmy G too. Oh, he's a lot more mobile than him for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're basically the Patriots West with a little splash of Chargers because they also have Brandon Faison, who they signed to a two-year deal with DeAndre Carter. And Jerry Tillery. So those moves don't scare me a ton. Marcus Epps at safety. They brought in Austin Hooper at tight end. Underwhelming season 2022. Not a lot that moves the needle. But I do think when you're looking at losses, it'll be interesting to see kind of how much the Darren Waller move hurts them, right? Because he that had been banged up for sure. He had been banged up. I, I get it. But they just gave him an, uh, an extension last offseason. That's why I was shocked. Deal. Yeah, I was just like, man. Under this guy Josh McDaniels, right? That's the Yeah. Thing. 
exactly which which was even more of a head scratcher i mean hey we don't know what what's going on behind the scenes maybe there are some personality clashes that does happen but yeah. man you don't really ever see i mean not often see a player of his caliber of his you know just obvious talent yeah. getting traded away for a, a you know not even like a a really high a third round pick they sold low I mean, on him you know yeah, that's kind of the hard definitely. thing too like that's that's what doesn't make sense to me it's like that's i mean at one point he was a dominant i mean dominant offensive player a guy yeah. that you Top had three to tight game end plan. in the league yeah you had to game plan against him i mean because he was going to take your lunch money he was he's a special talent and yeah how do you you can't just replace a special talent with a third a late third round pick necessarily right we'll see what no. that turns into he was banged up i like the jacoby myers you know signing i think he's a good player i think that gives them a very solid trio if they're healthy of him Devonte adams and hunter renfro right yeah but they had hunter renfro darren waller and Devonte adams last year darren waller banged up ended up getting shut down the rest of the season last year still a special talent you know oh, yeah. that that it can't be seen as a gain to lose someone like darren waller they also lose denzel perryman who obviously were a little bit biased but yeah, that you know, still a tackling machine. Regardless, yeah. I mean, it, uh, just a force against the if run. If you use and, him the right way and no, you know, play to his strengths, he can absolutely be a solid contributor. I no don't doubt. blame D'Amico Ryan's for bringing him in at all. I think it's a no. great signing for Houston. Yeah. That being said, they're putting a lot of their eggs in the draft basket. Like if the Raiders oh, are going goodness. to get significantly better, it's going to come from the draft. And since they traded guys like Darren Waller, since they've been making a couple of trades and stacking up some assets the last couple of seasons, they have a lot of picks to get it done. A lot of picks, Daniel? Yes. 12. 12 <laughs> draft picks in this Oof. 2023 draft. And they're pretty good picks. We're talking, you know, the first round, seventh overall, second, 38. And then you have two in, you know, the third round, 70th and the 100th. So that's four picks inside the top 100. I mean, that's yeah, five picks in the top you know, 109. I mean, yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of dart throws. Now, also, you have to take into account that it's the Raiders drafting. and They've <laughs> been absolutely horrible the last, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. I mean, right. it just seems like when you look at their list of drafts throughout the years, it's like, what were you thinking? I mean, I just feel like I was scratching my head sure. just looking at a lot of those picks. Yeah. Now, obviously, that was with different administrations, and, you know, they have a new GM, you know, that they've had for a couple of years now. So we'll see if he can change that fortune. But they have a lot of dart throws to be able to throw at the board to see if they can get some help, and they need it. They need help on both sides. They need help on defense and on that offensive line as well. I mean, there's a lot of holes that they still have to fill. Yeah, and it's hard to say if they've gotten a lot better. I mean, the one thing you can say is they're going to look a lot different, right? That's I mean, for sure. four picks inside the top, or five picks inside the top 109. Yeah. Seven picks in the fifth round or later. But the defense needs a ton of work. I mean, a lot. That's a weird thing about the Raiders drafting, because, like, they've drafted really good players, like Max Crosby, later on in the draft, right? Yeah. And you get guys like Nate Hobbs, really unheralded guys that turn out really good. But if you're looking for defensive star power, I mean, you just heard the list. Chandler Jones, I don't think has it like that anymore. You know, shocking, no, but I just don't think he is that guy anymore. Max Crosby's great. You know, Nate Hobbs is good. Trayvon Merrick, bullish on him. You know, liked him in the draft out of TCU. Besides that, though, who else? <laughs> who are you going with there? Is Jerry Tillery going to save the day? Is Brandon Faison going to save the day? I don't think no. so. So they're asking a lot coming out of this draft. I don't see how the defense gets 
good enough to make them super competitive. And we'll see where it goes. But they were easily the last team as far as draft odds, according to FanDuel, to win the AFC West at plus 1,200. Chargers were plus 360. Broncos were plus 420. So it has them pretty close. The Raiders are a distant fourth. I don't think there's anything they've done in free agency so far that would move the needle and make them, you know, competitive. And <laughs> when you have a draft strategy of FTR and family trust respect, you know, it's just hard to find the results after that. But the Raiders <laughs> are going to inevitably make me look terrible. Like, I'm going to, this is going to get clipped up at some point if the Chargers lose. The so Chargers, I beg you, you know, let's Don't sweep do this the Raiders. <laughs> let's sweep the Raiders again. Let's, back to, let's go back Raiders to the glory days year. of my youth where oh. we literally beat the Raiders 13 just straight times. Just Ugh. destroyed them. It was every time they were on the schedule, it was just yeah. automatic W. It was just a matter of how it was going to happen. That's the days that I want to get back to. Just yeah. Dominance. Nice. And since then, we had to watch an 0-6 in the AFC West season, right? So Oof. it's like, I'm pretty sure I was with Justin Herbert. That was only a few years ago. It makes me sick. But, hey, yeah. let's sweep the Raiders. Let's see the Chargers sweep the Raiders yes. and get those two big wins in the AFC West, you know, and then maybe you steal a game from the Chiefs. They're not unbeatable. They're the yeah. cream of the crop. But, like, Chargers can absolutely steal a game from any of these teams. I'm not going to say they're going to sweep the Broncos this year, though, after seeing them split a you know series to a much worse team, potentially, last season, right? A much, much worse coach team, for sure, because their interim coach smoked the Chargers in a game that they shouldn't have been playing any starters in Week 18 of the season. But if you guys didn't hear me at the beginning of the show, tomorrow, the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith, is coming on the show. Very, very excited. That man crushes interviews. You're going to want to make sure you're here for that one to make sure you don't miss it. Follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and on our LockedOnChargers Facebook page too. You can also call into the voicemail line for the Fan Mail Friday show later on in the week, guys. If you want to do that, the number there is 323-524-7924. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen today. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes from free agency to the draft to salary cap management and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise Monday through Friday, finding wherever you get your podcast from, just like where you can find us. Thank you guys again for checking us out today. Make sure you're back here tomorrow for Matt Money Smith. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.